0: Okay, I don't know what you're doing. I don't really, I don't care where you are. You could be driving, pull over. If you're in the shower, well, you can still do it in the shower, but be careful. I need you to do some jumping jacks with me. I need you to get on the same energy plane that we're on in this episode because it is going to change your perspective. It's going to change your mind. It's going to change your vision. It's going to change your business if you allow it to. But if you're not willing to do the work, if you're not willing to take notes right now, and get on this same plane, then I don't know what hope there is for you when it comes to actually achieving the thing you are uniquely designed to do. Actually bringing that vision to fruition. This was a dynamic conversation. Bill Hauser is a dynamic human being. You can get all of his assets and experience and all of the stuff that he educates with every single day in all the show links below smbteam.com follow him on YouTube as well and Instagram at billhauserbiz this is good you guys this stuff is what keeps me up at night and why I have the energy I do because business is ministry And if you don't have that mindset, if you don't really, really believe you can change the world, how could you ever be sold out to make one sale? Because that's out of alignment with your integrity if that's the case. I want you to believe as much as Bill and I believe. All right? I feel like I should bust out in a tune. I won't. I'm not going to do it. All right? Get in the show. It's so good. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. All right, I don't care what level of business you're in. You could be completely startup making $0, or you could be in scale phase making $100,000 per month. Whatever it is, I have one thing I really care about for you. Beyond the joy element, of course, is protection. Do you have contracts in place that are actually supporting you? Whether you're going on a retreat or you're hosting a group program or a one-on-one, A lot of my clients don't understand that protection is one of the foremost ways that you want to just feel better. Even in the onboarding process, it really makes you look that much more elite in the experience. So do yourself a favor, go to the show notes, utilize Lisa Fraley. She's brilliant and you actually get to talk to her, which I love. And so I hope this helps you. And if this is something you've never thought about, stop think now, act now before it's too late. You want to be protected, I assure you. All right, I feel like I should be doing handstands or cartwheels or say, "Hey, what's up,
1: Bill Hauser?" Oh my gosh, that intro beat like I was about to start freestyle rap.
0: <laughs> I wish that you would. <laughs> I got to get that energy.
1: That's like a perfect intro freestyle beat.
0: It makes me so happy. I could do so many moves to that that I'd bust out if I wasn't sitting in a chair.
1: Yeah. I have
0: to bring the energy right out the gate, or I I see the people in the green room and they're like, mom like, "Come yeah. on, bring it in, bring it in hot." And I know if I if anybody has not had the opportunity to meet Bill. You guys know my energy and it's eclectic and it's wild and I could bust a beat at any point. But this guy blows me out of the water. And I don't know that it's a comparison game by any means, but he amps me up like there's not many people that I can listen to while I work out. Bill Hauser is that person. He is incredible. You guys are going to have so much fun with him today. He's a marketing magician by name, but also by trade. He's a speaker, a motivator, he is a husband. He's also a dog dad. I know that just from Clubhouse and him chasing his dogs or something crazy in the background. Um, but he's just incredible. His his realm and scope is so much more than what his stamp of the SMB team does. And I'm so excited for what you're going to manifest over the next decades because it's going to be insane. And hes you're not even 30 yet, are you? Are you 30?
1: I just turned 31, actually, okay. last year. Yeah.
0: Okay. okay, You're getting into the, into the thirties. I like it. Yeah, Well, Bill, I'm, I'm so privileged to have you here. Thanks for coming to hang.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to deliver. Um, and you're going to notice everyone listening. The the energy is going to go like this, and then it's going to go <laughs> hockey stick up, and then it's going to stay up there. So it'll be interesting to see when that inflection point happens.
0: Yeah, you can't plan that kind of stuff. It just kind of comes out organically when you get on the right train. And right before we jumped on, Bill was like, I, "I'm like I'm here," but his mind, you can tell, is in a thousand places because he's building another company, which is wild. But I want you to serve this audience, and it's an audience of founders, innovators, and trailblazers. So building businesses not new to us. But I think that it's changing. It's ever changing in how we can do it. And you have such a creative, that's where that magician mindset comes into play. You have a creativity that I think needs to be infused into the people listening. And so I want to hear how and why you do the things that you do.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot behind it. Um, and I think the the hardest thing, hey, Jen, can you maybe reposition the fan to the camera um, just because it's going right in my eyes, and I don't want people to think I'm crying. But we, have <laughs> okay. a, we, have a,
0: we get emotional on this show uh, often. Wait,
1: you got you to gotta point it to the camera or overheat. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have a really nice camera, and it needs like to be at a perfect temperature to operate. You can feel it if it's going towards it. <laughs> it looks like it's going too far. Um, welcome to business for everyone listening. This that's is, this right, is, what, this is right. what it's really like building a business. It's not as perfectly planned as everyone thinks, but um, I think the, the motivator... Um, it, it, behind it all is, you know, it's really interesting because I was, I got brunch with my mom this weekend and she was talking about how, you know, a lot of people in my family didn't, you know, when you look at their lives, you know, we love them dearly, but, you know, uh, most of the people in my family are not, they're not where they could have been. Um, and, my mom and I were just having this weird conversation like we've never had a conversation like this before in our life and she was asking me and it was an odd question but she was asking me like she feels like everything that I decide to get done I actually get done and she asked me at the at the brunch like how how does that happen like how do you actually decide on something and then follow follow it through and my initial reaction was that the answer was actually in her question and she didn't even see it the answer was in the actual word decision decide it's not in what happens after decide most people never even do the first step of decide what it's going to be what the exact number they want to reach is in their business, the exact number of lives they want to impact, the exact number of followers they want to have, the exact number of revenue they want to uh, produce. Um, And that's really the stopping point. When I say decide, I mean something completely different than goal setting. You know, goal setting is not a decision. Most times goal setting is contemplation. And because they've made goal setting so sexy and everyone should set goals and set stretch goals, it's actually become like a contemplation mechanism where it'd be cool to set a stretch goal around X. It'd be cool to it'd be nice if whenever you hear that clause before a statement, you know, the statement that follows it is not a decision. It's a contemplation. And what what happened with me was I had to decide. I literally get goosebumps. I don't know if you can see this. I have, like goosebumps right now on my arm, like because I'm so grateful that I had to decide. I literally, literally had to decide to do things completely different than what my upbringing was because of my family going bankrupt right after 2008 um, and us losing everything and watching my parents become alcoholics and watching them both almost commit suicide. Um, mm. I literally got a suicide note from my mom one day mm. um, that I read in my computer room. And a couple you know, months after that, I, I received a text message video from my dad with a gun to his head uh, in the backyard mm. of uh, a house in upstate New York, where he was literally about to pull the trigger and kill himself. Um, mm. And that was, The that was the tip of the iceberg. That was a symptom. That was an external realization of something's not right with the context of my life and my upbringing. Something didn't work out well uh, here, and it caused me to contemplate why. Like why did this? My two role models are wanting to take their own life. Why? And and it was this constant sense that I saw, I could be wrong. in what I saw, I decided, keyword, decided to see it the way I saw it, if that makes sense. I decided to perceive this experience as my family was not decisive as to where they wanted to go. There was never a clear vision. And, and this is the, this is the risk of people who are successful entrepreneurs or, or talented, I should say, is you can get by when you're talented. And most people actually are talented. Like with the access to information we now all have, most people can be talented. They have more opportunities than ever to be talented at something. And then what happens is most people stop right when their talent just starts to show because their survival needs get met. You start making a little bit of money and then the air conditioners get turned on and you never really reach your full potential, you just reach the first little inkling of your talent.
0: Yeah, there's so much in that. I I was even thinking through this idea of the decision connected to, you said a couple of words like, I would like it if, or I may, or you often hear that I like to, and I had to take and strip away my idea of goals and cement them in order to decide that they would happen rather than creating this like fictitious idea that by the end of the year, I'm going to lose this amount of weight. By the end of the year, I'm going to create this amount of money. And one of the ways that I do that, that I find you're really phenomenal at is I added to the SMART goal, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely, the EST. E is to evaluate. So like a lot of times people will set goals based on what other people have done so evaluating like what does this actually mean to you and is there's that that why concept but the e the s is what i think you're best at is the share which mm. sharing creates a social contract which yep. then creates an accountability and mm-hmm. you're not trying to accomplish it for other people but when you set that deadline when you set that decision out to the world it's a fact at that point not a fact because it's been realized, but a fact because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And every single time you talk on Clubhouse, and I get like chills to it. I'm like, yes, he's doing the thing that no one does. You're saying the big, audacious, scary goal, but you're doing it with such validity and certainty because the decision has already been made because you're saying it out loud.
1: Yeah, it's called a future truth.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: that is such a key realization. Is people feel that I need to deserve my goals before I set them or become public about them, right? That's mm-hmm. good. And the, the, that's kind of true, but the way that you deserve your goals is you put yourself in a public position where your shoulds turn into musts and you absolutely must reach the goal because – you've told it to so many people by this point it's become so public that you would literally be perceived as a complete yeah. freak show it's
0: a liar if, yeah yeah if this
1: didn't happen and like i would rather go to the grave having been a freak show who was open about my goals than go to the grave being quiet about my goals and being a freak show in my own head because I'm being disloyal to myself. I'm mm. being dishonest to my full potential. And I think there's a balance here though. Yeah, The balance is like when someone says, I have a billion dollar idea, right? A lot of successful entrepreneurs will smirk and, and, and kind of cringe their eye like this a little bit because if the person doesn't have statistical significance or proof mm-hmm. of some track writer, show me something right? That can allow me to believe this billion dollar idea. Um, then it's really hard to believe that. And yeah, every now and then there's crazy lunatics who say they have a billion dollar idea and reach it. But actually I would, I would venture to guess that if you were to study the language patterns of a Jeff Bezos or a Zuckerberg or, um, even a, you know, mother Teresa or a Gandhi or whatever. If you were to study the language patterns of people who made very, very huge cataclysmic shifts, most of them started with very specific declarations and claims. Like Mark Zuckerberg, for example, his first claim was, we're going to dominate college campuses with, it was called the Facebook at that time. And With the Facebook, we're going to create the top Facebook across college campuses. And that was his maniacal obsession. Until that got done, same thing with Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, if you study his early shareholder letters, he's talking about we're going to become the everything store for books. And then from his first to second shareholder letter, all of his language patterns changed because he exceeded all of his goals in the book category. And then immediately his imagination went, we're going to be Earth's most customer-centric company, and it's a right, language like pattern. It all, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It's good. Well, and I, I, when you talk about that, I mean, that's what you're—you know—obviously, com- you're acting in this way every single day, and it also becomes an element of your team's dynamic as well, which is, I think, such a huge element of de- development for you. Is that you? You decided the thing, but then you also implemented other decision makers. And a lot of people are fearful of that. I find it all the time in the business, especially like when people are first launching out. And you are kind of talking about this before from the element of like hiring a VA even. People, one, don't want to take the time. They don't want to fail in hiring the wrong person. They don't want to invest and then fail, right? There's like all of this like fear-based, not actualizing what is supposed to be the decision for the outcome. Mm -hmm. And someone said earlier when I was coaching, they said, I have been consistent. And then after I decided that that wasn't working, I'm like, wait. Hold on. You said you were consistent for a little while. That doesn't those that doesn't match. And yeah. so tell me about like the compounding effect that has happened since the time you were like, I decide this is what's going to happen and how you've been growing essentially 300% year after year.
1: So the first point I want to share here is that Like when you're talking about um, people deciding to expand their team is kind of how you open this up and how a lot of people feel, feel resistance around um, making that level of a commitment to expand their team and actually take a piece of what they would have otherwise taken home as take home pay and shell that out for someone else or shell that out for marketing, or shell that out for any investment in your business, right? And I always have this saying, we don't learn from inaction, we learn in action. You learn how to hire the right people in the action of hiring people. You learn what works in marketing in the action of spending money on marketing. You learn what works in your business in the action of doing and actually investing in the thing that you're contemplating, right? We don't create a perfect hiring process before we hire people. We don't create a perfect employee training process before we hire people. We don't create perfect systems before we hire people. We don't create a perfect marketing process before we spend money on marketing. You don't create the process or the system ever Before it now, unless if you want to grow 10% of year over year, okay, go create the process first, right? If you want to blitz scale and double and triple your revenues each year, it it feels like this it feels like you have blindfolds on and you're spending all this money, and then you hear a car crash, and you're like, you take off the blindfolds, you're like, oh crap, that didn't work well. I won't repeat that next time. And then you're back on blindfold, blindfold back. And then you look over here, holy crap, we got to do personality assessments next time we hire people. We got to do background checks. We got to do reference checks, right? So Good. you can, okay. and, and this is where books, I think, limit people is because books, I believe if you want to grow rapidly in your life, books should be used as just in time learning, not I'll get to it learning. So like the best time to read a recruiting book is when you're screwing up about recruiting And you're spending a lot of money on recruiting. The best time to read a book on marketing is when you're screwing up in marketing and spending a lot of money on marketing. like Because there's pain associated with that area of your life, so you're actually going to absorb it and immediately roll it out.
0: That's good. Well, it parallels to the concept of like when you have an emotion tied to an experience, whether it's good or bad, it actually imprints as memory, right? But if there's an experience, like my parents took me out of town all the time when I was little or camping and I'm like, I don't remember any of it, right? Because nothing really high happened and nothing really low happened. And so it was just kind of like expectation of this is how your childhood is going to be. And I love that you put your hands over your eyes for those who are Um, listening and not watching. Because the next thing I wanted to make point over is everyone is looking for clarity. That is on everyone's, you know, marketing strategy right now. We'll give you clarity. And I just don't think that that's possible because it really is clarity in action. It is clear. It's like you have foggy glasses. You've been gifted this vision. You've been gifted this thing. You've decided I'm going to walk this way because it looks clear enough. And I know I need to go that way. And it's not till you get through the trees, right? That you're like, wow, I've made it somewhere great. And you probably ran into a bunch of trees in the process. Mm-hmm. And why, why do you think clarity is what everyone wants? Because like, that feels so comfortable.
1: Yeah. And I think it's why, you know, in marketing, you know, the best way to get opt-ins if you're running Facebook ads is to just give people a cheat sheet. Give yeah. them the eight steps or eight mistakes to avoid around X topic. Why do people like that? Because it gives them a sense of control. It gives them a sense of there are eight completable steps to this thing I need to conquer in my life. But the truth is everything is always a confluence of variables. It's, it's never eight steps. It's, it's how your perception of those eight steps at the minute you read them, actually turned into an action plan. And then did you communicate those eight steps the right way to the people that are going to help you execute on those eight steps? And did you read step one differently than 18 other people read step one? Like there's so many variables, how much, how much effort and money do you put behind these eight steps? Right? So, so people, they latch onto the need for clarity because clarity is the number one antidote to fear. And all we're trying to do as human beings is navigate against fear in some way, shape or form, right? So when we're looking for clarity, we're really looking for a reason, a logical justification to reduce the cortisol or stress hormones in our brain, which we can delude ourselves temporarily by reading an eight step thing or look getting the feeling of clarity um, we can delude ourselves and it actually works temporarily, but it, but it more so limits your actions because when you're not anxious, you don't take as much action. Anxiety is a good thing. And Mm -hmm. what I was going to actually flip on its head here is that if people fell in love with feeling out of control, And loving that feeling of being in the avalanche and feeling embraced by the snow as it as it goes over your body or getting caught in a wave. You'll hear surfers say this surfers literally love when they get caught in a wave. It feels like a massage to some surfers where literally nature is just tumbling their bodies right in this in this uncontrollable way. And it's what lights them up more than anything is nature's force with that. And business is nature. And you're never going to have full control over nature. So the faster that you can embrace the feeling of I'm not in control and that's okay. And I love the feeling of fear. And I love the feeling of not being in control because I know that from that feeling of not being in control, Growth is going to come. Now, there need to be renewal periods embedded into this because it can't always be tumbling through the wave or you're going to get freaked out.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't so, know if I want to do this. I got a sinus wash yesterday off of a surfboard, just yeah. like all up in my sinuses. I was like, I just laughed because it's a part of the process, right? Yeah. Paddle back out, the next one you catch. Yep. But that sinus infection or not infection, but that sinus drainage was literally in my system all day long it, I didn't forget it. And I think it's such an awesome parallel to business, but I love the element that you're saying here is like the tumbleweed eventually has to slow down, right? There has to be an element where you can get something not in control because I love what you're saying here, especially we're on the fit in faith podcast. I think about faith without action, right? Doesn't really parallel to faith at all. And if we're trying to control everything, our faith is an element of lack of control. That's the whole point of it. So grow your business for God's sake. No, really. I mean it. Grow your business for God's sake. That's right. Business is ministry and ministry is business. And it's time we take action in this belief and show up in our anointing with fresh fire. This is a cultivation conference This is an activation conference. I want to see you reap the harvest, the promise that was predestined for you in your purpose and your calling. But you've got to go back to the root in order to do that. Come and let us water you so you can come fully alive and fully free every single day to make the impact you were born to make so others can also reap the legacy of your harvest forevermore. Let's do this. In Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th, you do not want to miss it. Get your tickets today at growforgod.com. That's right, and that's easy. growforgod.com. Can't wait to see you there. Hug your neck and grow together. What's the next step if that's the truth? Like, how do you get to that place of recognition where kind of all systems are are on a reboot to get to the next level?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I think when when systems are on a reboot uh, to get to the next level, um, I think you you basically need to introduce more fear. Like we need we we need my listeners are
0: going to hate you right now. They're like, who is this guy? Why? (laughs)
1: Like we just we we need it. I mean, fear makes you young. I mean, if you read studies on this, people people say, oh, reduce your anxiety if you want to live long. Right. Reduce your stress if you want to live long. That is bull. That is not true. Okay, there is a complete difference between eustress and distress. Completely different psychological outcomes of these two different types of stress. Eustress will bolt ten to twenty years onto your life. Eustress you is excitement. It's it's this feeling that we have a clear mission. We're we're trying to conquer together. And I, could I do it? Is this Could I I pull this off? Is this real? And that feeling, notice, those are what-if thoughts. Ah, interesting. I thought anxiety materializes as what-if thoughts. Yeah, it does. Again, anxiety is not the culprit. Anxiety, the actual arousal that stems anxiety, is some factor of fear, right, and fear can be applied to positive outcomes. Fear can be applied to what if? What if this business acquisition? Um, what if this business acquisition doesn't go as planned? Okay, well that's much more productive of a fear than what if someone points and laughs at me if I if I stutter while public speaking, right? The productive fear of what if this acquisition doesn't work out as planned? That can that can lead to. Um, adding millions of dollars onto your business if you solve that fear, right? Where education can come in, mentors can can really solve fear. Um, but don't lie to yourself if you're scared about something. Don't lie. If you're scared about hiring someone, face the fear in the face. I This is what I do when I meditate. I watch the cloud. My thoughts are clouds. I watch the cloud come right across the front of my face and I just stare it in the face. And I go, I'm scared of you, and then I just smile at it, and you know what happens is I found that when the human body sees something that it resists, and then what you resist doesn't serve you, the body will actually discard of that thought, and what most people do is they try to flood their mind with positive thinking, positive thinking, positive thinking, what I do is I, I stare the negative thought in the face and I'm just not affected by it. And I just look at it and I'm like, you're not going to control me. I, like It's That's cool, man. Oh so
0: good. Well, yeah. I, the whole time you're talking, I'm thinking about the difference between the anxieties that you had mentioned or the stresses that you had mentioned. And ultimately, the anxiety that rids people into a place of despair is like attaching themselves and their identity to that anxiety. Versus it being like you're showing us now, an object outside of self that yeah. you can not, you're not attached to that idea at all. It's not y- who you are, whether it comes to fruition or not, it's still yeah. not who you are, which mm-hmm. that's like so freeing for people. If you're listening and you're thinking about any element of fear or any element of problem, even look at the problem, face it head on, don't own the problem as an element of your identity.
1: Yeah. We need more things that we are worried and scared about that have positive outcomes tied to them. Like this new business that we're starting, I was telling you about before we started filming, like, for example, today, uh, we have to hold our first webinar about it and I don't even know how to pitch this thing yet. (laughs) And the, the guy that I'm working with on this business said, okay, let's get everything in check. Let's plan everything out. Let's do it next week, next Monday or Tuesday. And I texted him back and I said, no, we're doing this Wednesday, which would have been two days from now. And then as I'm writing the email to the clients of ours who said they're interested in it, I'm like, what the heck? Why am I waiting 24 precious hours? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Yeah, you're just going to
0: sleep on it. You're just going to think about it for the next 48 hours. No,
1: I just said it's happening at 5.15 tomorrow. And we scheduled the webinar and we sent the email and now it's done. The calendar invites sent. There's no contemplating. So now my mind is in a much more productive state thinking, what's the minimum viable stuff I got to get across during this webinar, 24 hours, go. And you know what happens? All of the product launches I've done, all the webinars I've done, the best selling events I've ever done, and I've sold tens of millions of dollars from stage. And all the best-selling events are when there's real last-minute excitement behind it. Like, it's really fresh off the press. It's not fabricated fresh off the press. It's like, no, no, no. This literally came across my desk yesterday. I had no time to prepare anything. So I'm going off the top of my head. And if you're interested, leave a deposit of X and we'll get you in. (laughs) That will sell more every day of the week than waiting 20 months to launch whatever your idea is.
0: Well, there's a massive attraction quality and people forget this part. I'm like, I promise you, if you are sold out, you are an organic magnet. Stop thinking that you have to be good at sales. You don't like it's an element and you're phenomenal at it. But I I've shifted my mindset towards it because I kept running into this problem and I want to sell. I don't want to be salesy, blah, blah, blah. And I got to the point where I'm like, that is not, that's not what I'm doing. First off, I am providing a crazy value and an asset as you bring me on to your team's development. And when I got very understanding of that and very confident in that, I don't have to sell a day in my life. I literally just get to show up. It's no different than if someone shares their hair care product. They're not selling you on it. They just believe in it because it works. And so, shifting people's mentality into belief mentality, which is what you're doing. You're like, I believe in this so much. I didn't need to simmer for a year, right? I believe, I know it's going to work. And that certainty is what
1: sells. Oh my gosh, you just hit it on the head. Yes, this (laughs) is it. Yes. Like, you don't have to be good at sales, you need to just have more conviction than anyone else. Like, I was joking with Brandon, our COO. Uh, where, you know, I, uh, we had a couple of uh, sales calls that came in that were really big clients. And I took one of the calls because it was going to be like a a quarter million dollar deal for our company. So I just hopped on the call. I, I rarely ever do sales calls. And, you know, what's funny is at the end of the call, I didn't ask for the sale, but I texted the guy follow up information right after. I texted him again and said, "Hey, sent you this. Had this person reach out, da da da." And then right after the next day, I texted him and said, "Hey, just making sure you got what I sent." And then later that day, I said, "Hey, uh, it sent you this. Also, want to add this in and do this, and da." da, da. And I realized that what made me great at sales was not a script. It wasn't like some external lesson I learned about sales. It was the internal belief, and the and the obsession attached to that belief that A, I believe in what I'm selling and B, I am not going to stop following up with you until you believe what I believe.
0: That's it. That's literally it. And it makes it so much easier because everything that I've ever seen somebody sell connected to our company, they believe in it. But the thing is, is they don't believe in themselves. And so there has to be this perspective understanding. And I'm so curious, you had mentioned last week on Clubhouse and you brought him to life again today, the, the event and Wander, right? Invent and in Wander by Jeff Bezos and the letters that he created. If you're a stockholder reading one of those letters, you would be like, holy, what is this man doing? But yeah. he was so certain. He was so confident in six pages he could get a year's worth of content from last year and the projection of the next year and it was just like so final that is the finale like that i want so many people to have every day no matter what you're doing why can't people do it what is the what do you think is the, the inhibiting ability to to believe in yourself because how could you have believed in yourself if your parents didn't believe in themselves what yeah. where is that lesson cultivated
1: well, oh, I think I think um, the it, it's I've never been asked this question before, but like I think the way that the, first of all, the, the setback is the solve. Right. So your, your question, what is the thing that holds people back, the setback from people having that level of self-belief? Solving the setback is the solve in and of itself. If you can identify the setback and solve it, you will have the conviction that you need. For me, the way that I generated conviction, which is also known as self belief, like conviction in my own dreams, ideas, and what I'm capable of, is I actually have a formula for generating conviction. I don't wait to hope that conviction is going to come. I have habits that self perpetualize and generate conviction. So, my conviction habits is every morning I write down all of my goals. And I write down five things I'm grateful for and my purpose statement. And then I, like a weirdo, pace around my kitchen or my balcony. And I read the Think and Grow Rich major definite purpose statement out loud. Um, I've done that every day for over six years now. And that that's how I generate conviction is I recite out loud verbally and through written word, both, not one or the other, not just verbal affirmations also written word, not typed, written word, pen, hand, notebook every single day so that I get a neural connection to the writing of my goals and I get a verbal connection to the statement of my goals. All of my goals are stated in the present tense as though I've already reached them. They usually start with the word I or SMB, which is my company, I reach X. SMB has X. Right. So there's a clear, identifiable unit attached to each of the goal, and they're present tense. They're repeated. They're written. Uh, they're written. They're repeated out loud. Uh, and then here's the important part: is they have definite plans attached to them. A goal without a definite plan. I'm not saying. I'm I'm so hesitant to say definite plans cuz people could sure. take this as oh cool he's giving me a permission slip to plan. <laughs> no. Right, Right. No, no, no. I'm saying a definite plan is on the back of a of a post-it note. Yeah. My coach Cameron Howard, always tells me. He says if you're a high visionary, you, all you need for a plan is scribbled bullet points on the back of a post-it note. Move on. So
0: true.
1: And then then the distance between that scribbled plan and when you make the first gut-wrenching commitment will be the top indicator as to how fast you reach that goal that has that plan attached to it gut-wrenching commitment how fast between that plan and you spending the money associated with it how fast with that plan is something calendarized in the calendar right and how close to that That goal is the result that you want from that goal, which will come from those commitments. Commitments are made in two places, the wallet and the calendar. Show me your transaction history. Show me what's in your calendar. And you don't have to tell me what you're committed to. I will report back to you what you are committed to.
0: People need to hear this because there are so many elements of, I just got finished listening to the four-hour work week. And I was really enthralled with the first probably like five chapters. I'm like, this guy's got it. I'm on it. I I live every day like I'm retired. All this concept, right? And at the end, I'm like, this is not actually the way that's going to get me to where I want to go. And I, I think a huge element of that is that people are not willing to put in the time or put it in pace with where they can actually get, right? They're they're constantly either outrunning themselves and they're running themselves in circles, which mm-hmm. then puts them into a state of overwhelm and defeat and burnout, or they're just they're just slow. They're they're not that sticky note concept to where they're gonna go, they just simmer in ideation land and that plan isn't there for them. How right. do we help people execute?
1: Yeah. Again. You got to be scared out of your freaking mind. <laughs> Just like, go back
0: to being scared, people. Yeah,
1: like this is so simple, and and the reason people are meandering around is because they're not pulling out their wallet.
0: Yeah, that's and huge.
1: investing in themselves. If you were to hire a fifty thousand dollar coach, like I did for public speaking, like when yep. I hired Myron Golden to love train him. me on public speaking, yep. love him too. Um. I had to shell out his $155,000 mastermind. He gives you a hundred K scholarship where he'll do a joint venture with you on one of your events to pay for that. Um, And, you know, I had to shell out 55 K like upfront for him. I had to, I, I, I do that over 10 times a year with, you know, what I spend on personal development. And like, that's it. When you spend money on yourself, on personal development, on courses, on mentors, it creates the desire it's called pain of payment so psychologically pain of payment is what people call buyer's remorse right What most people don't see is the other side of buyer's remorse which is called motivation of reward so when you spend money on something that can benefit your life people look at that as buyer's remorse they don't understand they are more motivated than ever at the point when you've spent money on something to benefit your life. You are more motivated than ever, than anything else, even more motivated than a public commitment. You're more motivated than something in your calendar. Number one at the top of the list is pain of payment. When you, What you spend money on, you value, right? The heart follows the pocketbook, okay? The pocketbook does not follow the heart. The heart follows the pocketbook. What you invest resources, think about this. 10,000 years ago when we were in an ice age, okay, resources were all we had to trade. We had animals. We had utensils. I'm going to trade you two of my whatevers for three of your whatevers, right? And we had to give up resources for the hope of the resources we get in exchange having a higher return than the resources that we gave up. That is commerce, right? Right. And then the dollar bill, exactly. Then the dollar bill gets invented, and now the same thing is happening with our lives. We we now are giving up resources. Now here's the problem: ninety-seven percent of currency is digital now, so there's no real cathartic experience right. behind right. spending money. It's like it's like boring now, right? So that's what I what I think is. I'll give an I'll give one example and. I'm hammering on this one point because it'll have the biggest impact on your listeners over everything else is the size of your commitments will determine the size of your actions, will determine the size of your results. And I'll give you one last example on this, and we talk about this in some of my masterminds. If you were to have just spent your entire life savings buying a business as an example, if you're in business and you go out and you spend, let's say I don't know, a million dollars to buy another business, $10 million to buy another business, right? You shell out all of this money, right? How likely is it that you're going to be yawning the day of you making that investment?
0: Not, <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: not. You're going to be like, I've got to make the book, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, when you yeah. spend, if you just spent $500,000 on an event and scheduled yep. the date and everything's set in stone, Mm -hmm. there's no time to not be productive because you must, must make it work. You are pot committed. There is no looking back. Back up against the wall, no plan B. There's no such thing as plan B, by the way. There's plan A, there's plan A, there's plan A, and there's plan A. They're all plan A. So because plan B signifies that the the second plan is going to be not so good of a plan. You need five plan A's. There's no such thing as plan B. So one target, five plan A's, burn the ships.
0: Burn the ships is my favorite. And I think as you're saying this, I'm trying to put it like tangible for someone who's like, can't process $10 million or they can't, any of that even if you're doing something, I take women on uh, international retreats around the world. And, and I, even though we're doing like heart and head work, I have to, have to, have to put an adrenaline oriented experience multiple times throughout the, the time. I do not tell them where we're going. I do not tell them what we're doing. I don't do any of that until they get there. Then they think I'm that shit bonkers. Right. And they're like, what are you having me do? Some of these people are going zip lining or four wheeling or cliff jumping or any of these things that they've never done in their entire life. But when you have all of the equipment on you, someone has already even made the investment on your behalf and they're now exampling it for you. And they're like, watch, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to be okay. And everyone's like, "Woo!" And they get on the other side of that experience. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. And so
0: there is no plan B. you're at the top of the zip line. You must go the mile distance across the huge chasm that you're about to see, and on the other side is such joy, conviction as you mentioned earlier, and belief in their self because I can believe in you all day long, Bill, but until I believe that I am capable, there's no way that this investment is going to happen and so when I think about people associated to money they want their business to thrive and flourish and they want all these clients and they want all this this growth and they are not willing to invest in their own growth and mm-hmm. so my you know complete conversation with them usually goes like this why would someone pay you if you aren't willing to pay yourself
1: like the, if you want to sell an expensive coaching program and you haven't bought an expensive coaching program Stop trying to sell an expensive coaching card. You're I mean, you're
0: never gonna believe in it. Yeah. It just is not gonna work. Yeah. So like, when my when customers like, well, you're expensive, I'm like, Well, how much do you plan to charge? How much how much do you plan to make? How is that gonna work for you? Right? It's actually a really fun mind game, but until you can play it yourself, mm-hmm. you have no grit you have no grace even in yeah. that space when it comes especially to the coaching world. Yeah.
1: Like practice what you preach like everyone should like in today's document don't create social media world uh Gary v who I've interviewed a couple of times like he always talks about how um you document don't create content just document okay. he has videographers following around everywhere and i think all people you know Brian Tracy who I've interviewed a few times as well he says operate as though the whole world is watching you 24/7 and every action that you take is public on TV for everyone to tune into 24 365. Every single thing you do, except for private activities, right? <laughs> right, but, right. <laughs> but, but the point is that we are, in a, we are in a mode of society right now that is unlike any mode of society ever in the past, where the people who succeed the most are role model leaders. They ask nothing of their followers that they would not do themselves. And they are so transparent. What is the number one word, according to Glassdoor, that companies surveyed that have the longest standing activities shared? And it's the word transparency. The companies that stand the test of time, the leaders that stand the test of time, they are the most transparent people on planet Earth. Why are they transparent? Because they have earned the right through their habits to be themselves and be public about it and have nothing to hide. You don't wake up having nothing to hide. You earn it. You earn it through your habits. Yeah, that's good. So so how do you start? You start now. You start now asking yourself this key question i always ask myself this when i meditate i did it this morning when i meditated i always ask myself when i draw like a blank in my meditation i ask myself what would the 20 years older me value today i always ask myself that question so i'm 31 right now what would the 51 year old me value today hmm. what would what would the 51 year old person agree yeah you should have worried about that today. That was a good use of your time today. That that was a valued use of your time today. Cuz oftentimes we're so in the immediate gratification world that we wake up with blindfolds on and we wake up and we didn't make much progress in our lives because we are trying to continue the past rather than explore what's possible for us in the future. It's more comfortable comes back to your first point, which is the need for certainty, the need for a plan, the need for clarity, right? It's easier to milk out what once worked. It's harder to, this is how people grow, it's harder to systemize what worked, delegate what worked, make someone else responsible for that piece that worked, abandon that part of you which creates a temporary identity crisis which everyone needs to become really good by the way at identity crises like embrace them get used to identity crises because it means that you're upgrading your identity like a software program would upgrade right so good so we got to push this away like this thing that once worked what got us here won't get us there okay now let's pioneer something new let's go get battle scars again let's go test this And hey, piece of it will work, great. Soon as it starts working, yep, that's exactly when you need another identity crisis. It's exactly when you need to step away from that thing, systemize it, delegate it, and move on to the next thing.
0: Well, and as you were saying that, it it goes back to a question I was pondering as you were talking about the way that you write down and then speak out your goals, is how often are those associated to person's names within your company? Is it more so, do you find yourself setting a lot of, because I think a lot of my professional goals, I'll call them, are associated to someone who I've now replaced myself as to say, in order for this to happen, the visionary element stays with me, but the integrator is such and such. Yeah. Do you have that? Do you feel like a lot, even in the personal development, I think a professional, like personal training or or your food or diet regime and stuff like that?
1: Um. Yeah, I I so for me there's no there's no other names in my goals. Um personally I would label I would label that as part of a plan. Yeah. Like if it if it includes someone else's but my goals are very big goals. Like like every, the ones I write down every day are not typically I want to do this next quarter. It's huge stuff. Like r- get my brain thinking that I'm not I'm like an alien. I Yeah, feel like, like you're like I literally was
0: gonna say, like you're going to Mars. <laughs> like yeah. you're on, Every you're on morning, Mars. Every
1: morning I wanna, I wanna, I wanna at least stare my full potential in the face for a little bit. And then I wanna have to fight with the day to day. I wanna be so in love with the with the future and what, what could be that the day to day is actually really, really hard for me. Rather than what most people do is they is they do the opposite. They make the day-to-day very routine, kind of every yesterday is similar to tomorrow, right? It's not real much change. And they actually avoid and have difficulty with the big picture. I, I've found the balance in my goal-setting habit to always reattach to the big picture and then have struggles with the day-to-day. I have big struggles with the day-to-day, okay? Like, if my truck gets a flat tire, I'm, I, well, now that I have Jen, who's the best assistant ever, uh, you know, sh- she would help me fix it. But I am like, I am like paralyzed. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 if, if I run out of hair product for my hair, it. I will not buy it for months. Like if I, I won't buy clothes unless I'm forced to, like, I mean, it's, I'm so focused on where we're going that, I am like completely inept at anything day to day.
0: I think that's awesome. And I, it brings me back to like, when are you getting your documentary crew? When are, when are you going to have the crew to follow you around? Because actually I, right I before so- I, I sat down in the chair, I was like, whew, this is like my weaning hour. I'm usually done by four, right? And with my kiddos yeah. by this point. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to get on a podcast with Bill Hauser." my private time was jumping jacks. Because I was like, if I yawn during this podcast, I'm going to be so pissed at myself. (laughs) this This is the type of energy you have to bring to experience all the time. And while this is like an in the moment experience, I know your mind is probably thinking to tomorrow afternoon and all those big dreams. I want to help people come with like a kind of a mic drop moment at the end here that's unplanned. But what what sound advice would you give them to get back to the heart of what you feel humanity needs to exist in as an entrepreneur? Yeah. The heart of entrepreneurship.
1: The heart of entrepreneurship is visions and unique abilities aligning. So, if every person was clear on two things, not 3, not 5, two things, their vision and their unique ability the whole world would be a better place. Vision is where you will be in a certain time date in the future, like three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. What will be true for you? Three, five, 10, 20 years, right? What will be true for you? Personally, professionally, financially, in business, in spirit, in family, right? And turning contemplations into final decisions, having them written down in one compiled list, and hammering, okay, that was a hammer noise for those (laughs) listening, okay, hammering these visions, which have been codified into sentences as segments of your future, hammering them into your subconscious mind, even if they don't accept them. Hammer it, repeat it consciously, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until your subconscious mind is forced to absorb them as facts or as future truths. So that's vision. The second side is unique ability. So you can get crystal clear on your vision, but not be clear on your unique ability. And this comes from my coach, Dan Sullivan, uh, founder of Strategic Coach. And what he says unique ability is, Is it's the merge of what you love with what you're competent at, right? And there is a scale that a lot of people don't know about. And we identify this through an activity inventory. There are four levels on this scale of unique ability. There are items in your life that you do not like doing and you are incompetent at, those are called incompetent activities. The second level up are things that you uh you do, do not like but you are competent at that would be a competent activity the third level are things that you do like and you are competent at that's what i call an excellent activity something you're competent at and you do like okay and the third level is what's called unique ability these are the things that you love and you are world class in competence at right So unique ability is the alignment of what stops time for you, i.e. what you love, and once that time is stopped and you look at the result of what's been produced during that time, it's world class. No one can match you, right? And that's usually a tiny, tiny, tiny percent of what someone actually does throughout their weeks, their months, their years, their lives. So the alignment of Vision clarity and unique ability alignment would change the world forever if people stopped lying to themselves about the things that they hate doing and the things they're subpar at and stopped resigning to their fate of doing crap they shouldn't be doing and just saying no to everything except for that North Star, that one thing that they're magical and world-class at and build a team of people around you who support that. By the way, it is not ego to build a team around your gift. It is beauty because it opens up the opportunity for other people to be in their gift. Jen, my assistant, who you met before this, we are complete opposites in every personality index. Complete, (laughs) every single scale on Colby is complete pattern perfect
0: that you hired well then you did it right
1: but that's but if i was trying to be something i wasn't i wouldn't be able to work with someone like jen it wouldn't fit because i'd be trying to do her job she'd be trying to do my job and we'd be stepping on each other's toes but i'm i'm completely okay and public about saying all the crap that i suck at which is such a long list i mean it's it's the longest list in our company and but i'm providing the example for our company and for our clients that they too can be shameless about the things that they should be doing as it pertains to their long-term vision so that would be my my kind of biggest takeaway if there's one paradigm to get right it's the balance of vision and unique ability
0: well, and it goes back to literally everything we talked about in the, in the forefront of like, how do you hire out? Why do you hire out? What is it meant to do? And how does it shape the world? And I think ultimately it shapes the world by providing fulfillment to the individual, which if we had people that we could look into each other's eyes and be like, wow, you're really fulfilled today. And yet I still see hope for your future. We would operate with such like an experience of how can we communicate? How can we connect? How can we grow together versus that element of competition, which I think can isn't bad to always have competition in some way, shapes or forms, but it also can inhibit us from truly growing in the humanity side of how business can serve culture. Mm, this so has true. been such a cool combo. I could keep talking to you all day, but I get to be with you in less than 48 hours on Clubhouse. So it'll be epic. Bill, you rock. I appreciate you so much. I want people to know, obviously, they can go get you and hang out with you and talk with you on Clubhouse, as I mentioned, with Breakfast of Champions. Get on Instagram. You can DM him there. He has so many resources. I want you, even though smbteam.com is where you can get all of their information, all of their Law Summit information, I want you to follow his YouTube because the YouTube channel is not only dropping information specifically to lawyers. It's dropping just like this for you, me, and every other founder, innovator, and trailblazer. And I know this will not be the last time we hear from you. I'm about ready to read your six-page letter here in about four months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And just to be clear on YouTube, it's not Bill Hauser, right. It's S- It's SMB team. It's my company. And yes, we don't release on on that channel, we don't release legal content anymore. We, we only release general entrepreneurship content on s and Team. So, yeah, definitely follow that. And then my Instagram handle is BillHauserBiz, H-A-U-S-E-R, Biz. And I will never sell you crypto via DM. I have, like, all these impersonator accounts trying to rip people off right now. So I will never DM you about some crypto opportunity. Again, they're
0: lacking fulfillment. They're lacking vision and unique ability. And so they're trying to steal yours. But my mom always says copying is a compliment. So at least they're stealing your identity. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Have an awesome day. Absolutely. to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting, and I say we because the Fit and Faith team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith way. And one by one, I watched my dear friends get engaged, get married, get married, start having children and especially as a woman i felt like there was a certain timeline that these things needed to happen in my life
1: charity Gale shares a personal testimony on the walk a podcast for worshipers join us weekly to hear songwriters worship leaders filmmakers and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional the walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform